They got their franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Now, do you protect them? Take Evan Neal, who's played left and right and guard. Do you take Ika Mekwanu, who some think is as good or better than Neal? Or do you take the pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson, who's moved ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau? The best player on my board is Kyle Hamilton. And that ball is intercepted. That is the All-American Kyle Hamilton. They took the corner in J.C. Horn last year. You come back with Sauce Gardner over Derek Stingley Jr., who hasn't done much since 2019 when he was great. Hey, welcome in to another edition of First Draft, our Thursday show. A reminder, we're back on Monday with our live show, which you can watch. All over the place, specifically ESPN's YouTube, the ESPN app, uh, the Facebook page. There are all kinds of different ways to watch the video stream live of me, Field Yates, with Mel Kuyper Jr. And, of course, Todd McShay. And Todd is with me right now for this Thursday show. You are the most well-traveled man. And a belated happy birthday to you, Todd. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, what a week, brother. (laughs) I mean, it all started off so nicely. I I had Pittsburgh for uh, Kenny Pickett on Monday. Yep. Tuesday, I had Malik Willis at Liberty, and Wednesday, I had Matt Corral at Ole Miss. Fly into Pittsburgh. It's easy staying in the city, get a nice meal, get up in the morning, get a workout in, go over to the facility, which is also the Steelers facility, and everything was so easy. Get to the airport that night, flight's canceled. Flight canceled because of a mechanical. And I'm, meanwhile, I'm in Pittsburgh going to Lynchburg, Virginia. There, right. I mean, outside of Wheels Up, there's not a lot of options there. So I got up at 3.45 the next morning, flew, basically, you know, flew my way to, to Lynchburg, had to drive from Roanoke down to, to, down to Lynchburg. I wound up on, what was it, four flights in, and was in six different cities that day. <laughs> Got to Memphis, Tennessee at 11.30 p.m. and drove an hour and 20 minutes from Memphis to Oxford, Mississippi. It was a wild day, but it was fun. I'll tell you one thing, and I hope the league – I don't know. I, I, re- I remember that the pro days were set up differently in the beginning, and yep. for whatever reason, the schedule changed. But every scout I talked to, every GM, the coaches that were all in the same planes, find everywhere, we all said the same thing, like, how great is this? three days in a row to see three of the top prospects and to have kind of that apples to apples comparison. And then a lot of guys were flying on to, to Cincinnati on Thursday to see yep. Desmond Ritter. And I've, I've had taping all, all day today, so I wasn't able to do that. But for guys in the league, love it. And then on Monday you have Sam Howell. So you're getting in less in basically a seven day span to see the five top quarterbacks back to back to back consecutively. It, it was great been fun following along not just your coverage but also the people that have been present at each of these pro days so far yes we will warn people you can't read too much into that sometimes coaches and gms are there for other prospects sometimes they're there to sort of throw people off the scent you know make you think they're more interested in a player than they actually might be but still we've seen a lot of the steelers we have seen a lot of the Panthers. We've seen a lot of the Commanders. Some of the teams that, at least right now, do not have their long-term answer. And even Terry Fontenot, the GM field for uh, for the, yeah, the Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, it was interesting. He, so I'm catching wind through my producer, Matt Ryan's trade. Yep. Uh, you know, and and he, and I look over, and he's you know at Fontenot's got to stop watching to a 40-yard dash in Pittsburgh on Monday. So it, it's a wild business, man. It sure is. So what we're going to do in this show is just kind of go through. There have been three that you have attended. So let's go through these three that you had the opportunity to be there at. You mentioned you started Monday in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. 
who I think many people view as one or two on the quarterback big boards. What were you looking for from Kenny going into that day? And then what did you see? And perhaps what did you learn about Kenny that day? Because there was something to be said for the in-person scouting, even if it's not a game, you get a feel for the kind of character that guy has interaction with teammates, those kind of things you probably can't see on film quite as well. You can always tell what the mission is, what the goal is for a, a quarterback when they come out and, and what they decide to feature in their pro day workout. Because remember, they control that. Now, when they have the, the private workouts with teams, teams have to fly to their facility or within, I think, 30 miles of, of where they went to school or where they, they currently live. Right. Um, but And they control, the teams control those. And they'll run their own route trees and put in installs and all that stuff. But at the pro day, it's what they, which, what the quarterback and what his quarterback coach decide to do. And most of the time in pro days, quarterbacks come out and throw a lot of quick game, underneath stuff, get the arm warmed up, get everyone going. And then later in the, in the session, maybe 30, 40 plays in, throws in, they'll wind up with the deep ball and, and featuring more of the, the vertical stuff. I think it was played, you know, past six or seven yep. that he threw a ball 57, 59 yards in the air. It was like, okay, got it, you know. And I, listen, I think his arm is like slightly better than Mac Jones, at least on tape. That's what I, I studied. I thought like, you know, average arm can make all the throws, but in the league he's going to have to be on time and he's not going to get away with some stuff that other guys do. And I'm not saying he doesn't have Malik Willis's arm. Okay. On, on like intermediate throws, I think it's he and Matt Corral have about the same zip on it. But I was, I was really encouraged because on tape, I, like I said, I thought it was average, but the energy at the end of his throws on the, like the deep out routes and the sharp breaking in routes and like 20 yards, 25 yards down the field was really impressive. You could like, when it hits the receiver's hands, the hands are coming back. They're not like plucking in or like getting sure. a sailing ball or a ball that's nose diving. It's right there and it's coming back. So I, I thought that was good to see. And he threw a, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 balls of like 57 to 70 yards in the air just to show. And I asked him right after it was great. He came over and, and when did we did what we call a live to tape or just I'm interviewing him and we can use kind of sound bites from it. But he, I, I asked him on the question, I was like, what did you want to prove? Cause I know what, I know what you proved today and what sure. I thought, but what did you want to prove? He's like arm strength. He's like, you know, I know, I know I fit best in a West coast system, but I don't want to be pigeonholed to just the West Coast system. I, I wanted to show today, like, if you're running a different system or you run something that's more multiple and requires more vertical throws and that's a big element of your offense, I can be your guy. And I thought he did that. It was, it was impressive to sit. So the throwing was certainly impressive. But as I mentioned, at the pro days, you can get so much more than just the stuff you see on the field. You're spending yeah. time around people that have been with him for four years, right? Coaches people that run the equipment staff, you've got people that work in the weight room, you name it. Someone's got information on Kenny Pickett that you haven't been privy to uh, having not lived or been a part of that football, that, that pit program for the past four years. Was there anything that you felt like you learned that really yeah. stood out about Kenny Pickett that maybe you didn't know going into it? Yeah, there were a few things. First of all, I, I did ask him like, so, so you had 49 starts in college, yeah. but yet, and usually, like when you're the presumed number one or number two quarterback off the board, and I know we're not talking about the number one pick, but when you're the presumed one or two quarterback off the board, you have the opportunity to say no to some of the, the pre-draft competition, if you will. Right. Yep. You could have said no to the senior bowl, and it really, you know, people wouldn't have necessarily held that against him. Or he would, could have said, you know, 
I got 49 starts. I competed in the senior bowl. I'm going to throw at my pro day. I don't want to throw to receivers that I don't know. That wasn't the case. He came out mm-hmm. and threw at the, at the combine after competing all week and playing in the game at the senior bowl. And then in his pro day, and now he's got all the private workouts. And I just asked him, I said, what, you know, why did you feel like you had me? He's like, I, he's like, honestly, he's like, I wanted to answer questions, you know, because I was supposedly, according to media, you know, a day three pick in uh, two years ago. And now this year, um, this year, I'm, I'm potentially, a, you know, an earlier pick. And I just wanted to show, like, if there's anything you get questions on, I wanted to be in the meeting rooms at the senior bowl. I wanted, you know, I wanted to show that I can pick up anything on the board, all those sorts of things. So it's exactly what you want to hear from a guy. And I just thought that that part was impressive. Um, just what he did. He, and, and listen, we talked about his eight and a half inch hand span. <laughs> and even there's even a picture on Twitter you can find where he's talking to some coaches and I think a general manager or two, and he's showing that double jointed thumb that he has and all that. Yeah. And he's taking a beating on it, you know, and it's, it's not fair. Uh, it's part of the evaluation process, but the fact that he's just kind of handled it, hasn't made a thing of it, has been able to kind of laugh it off and and just move forward and never shied away from doing anything during the process says a lot. Ironically, and I didn't even know it at the time, but ironically, my trainer in college is now the has been for the last year the Pitt Panthers trainer. And I asked him, you know, after we said hello and it had been a while, he was at Wake Forest a couple of years ago and I, I saw him on the sideline before a Clemson game. But I, I asked him, I said, you know, just tell me about Kenny. Like, what's he like? And he's like, he's like, you'll have to dig and dig and dig. And I don't even know if you'll find it, but to find anyone who will say anything negative about this guy. Like, sure. he's like, not only does he carry himself professionally, do everything that he's told to do. He's like, I can't tell you how many times, and Kenny doesn't even know it, but I can't tell you how many times I've been leaving for the day, five, six o'clock, and he's pulling back in to the parking lot to go meet with, with Coach Whipple. Love it. And he's like, they, he's like, they spend so many hours. Like, that's the thing that people don't know about it. He's like, yet, you know, he's the star on the campus talking about first round draft pick, Heisman finalist, all that stuff. He carries himself like he's just a regular, you know, student athlete. And it, there's it. no, yeah, no airs about him. So I thought that was cool. And then I guess just, just kind of viewing the people there, he and Matt Rule talked for a while. Yeah. During the, I think it was like 10 minutes. I, I just kept looking over that and they were having like a, a long natural conversation and they were about 30 yards away. I didn't hear anything, but um, just to see that was interesting. And, and I was told um, by, by people there that he had dinner the night before with Matt Rule. Obviously, the other head coach GM combination that was present there, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers with, with Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. And they, you know, they know him. They literally shared the same facility all fall long. So that those are kind of the standout things to me that weren't part of the passing drill from from Kenny Pickett. So let's move forward from Kenny and we go to Tuesday. And again, you found your way some way to <laughs> Liberty, uh, which is uh, in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, and I think some people were billing it as like the biggest day in program history other than the game. Right. It was a huge, huge opportunity to showcase Malik Willis, who might be the number one quarterback in this class. So I'm just going to ask sort of the same thing. Your impressions of Malik Willis, both in terms of what you saw on the field and then also maybe what you heard or learned being around the campus. First of all, if you're ever if you ever find yourself in Lynchburg, Virginia. okay, the Virginia, the Virginian was the nicest hotel I stayed at. And I, I stayed in downtown Pittsburgh at a nice hotel. And if I stay at, I mean, I went in for an hour and showered before the pro day and, and left. <laughs> but it's a hell of a hotel, man. I was impressed. So the Virginia make a return trip. if you're ever there. 
I also, I was recruited by um, Liberty coming out of high school and I built, you know, went on a, an official visit there. My goodness, has it changed? I mean, I know ah, this is in the podcast about, about universities. I'm certainly not trying to sell one over the other or anything like that, but what a facility Hugh Freeze and company have down there. Like it, totally. it is big league. It, it, like the indoor facility was nice, as nice as anything you'd see in the SEC. Sure. So anyway, now onto the important stuff. Malik's workout was a, was a show. And it, and it wasn't him trying to, it wasn't like Johnny Manziel showing up with the, with the president, you know, uh, with George Bush and, or whoever, whichever one of the Bushes showed up and with their dog and, and with all that and with the shoulder pads. Good old days. And the yeah. yeah, the whole thing. It wasn't like that. It was just, it was, there was a lot of excitement in the building. Family and friends were allowed in. So there was like some cheering going on and, and he just had such a big smile and it's his personality. And he came out and it did exactly what you would think. Just a big arm, a ball exploding off of his hand. You know, the mobility stuff. I think that one play went viral where he has his quarterback coach chasing after him. He reverses field, kind of rolling to the left at one with the left hash, throws to the, the opposite side of the field in the end zone, about, I don't know, 50, 60 yards in the air, just sure. on a dime. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. But there were – I mean, that one was was – caught on on tape and wound up going viral but there were like seven or eight of those kinds of throws but the thing that stood out to me most in that one what like the first thing was it was an exclamation point on like yeah this this guy's got the most physical tools in the class and then there's no denying it like he's got the strongest arm and he's the most dynamic athlete and he's built like a linebacker you know when we I think when we talk about his mobility everyone's thinking oh the you know, he's probably in the four, four, five range in the 40 yard dash and he's elusive and all that. And he is. But when you look at him and you study his tape, you can see why he breaks so many tackles. Mm. I mean, he's just he's a strong runner. So it's kind of that combination of the quickness, the speed and the strength. But again, like that was that was the main takeaway. But in terms of like really scouting and looking for things, I wanted to see the consistency of the ball placement. And it wasn't perfect all the time, but it was a lot better than what you see on tape at Liberty. And now the easy thing to say is, well, he's throwing to his receivers, scripted throwing (laughs) session, no defense, yada, yada, yada. And I get it. And it should be like this. But I was concerned or curious, I guess, to see if, you know, if it's just a like a natural thing that he struggles with some errant throws or if he's working on his footwork and, and actually can get the ball where it needs to go and, and, and spot it. And he did throw there. There was, I want to say 72 throws, 71 or 72 throws. Yep. There might've been two, two balls that hit the ground. I only saw one, but the point is like it was, and the one that I saw was one of his best throws of the day. It was just a flat out drop on a vertical yep. pass. But my point is he just, he, showed that there's potential there if you kind of you know we've talked about Josh Josh Allen his his accuracy on tape was not good and that's why he fell a little bit compared to where you know the level he's playing right now and he's worked on his footwork he's drilled at home and he's shown he's one of the handful of guys that really has shown significant improvement in his accuracy from college to the NFL I'm not saying it's going to happen a lot of matters in terms of the coaching staff that he's with and the the time that he gets to develop but it's in him. And as an evaluator, you have to look sometimes, as you well know, Field, you have to look at, at like what can be and compare that to what you've seen on tape. Because what you see on tape is a guy who can make unbelievable throws and can put it in spots that you're just like, wow. But then there are times you 
kind of scratching your head. I've seen him make this throw seven other times, but he just airmailed it. Like what went wrong? And he, he puts it all on his footwork and just not focusing enough on that. And remember, he's just a two-year starter at Liberty. So he still has a lot of growth potential. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And how about the stuff that's not necessarily on the field? Like Again, like being around the program and talking to people that have been there for his three years at Liberty, a guy that obviously began his college career at Auburn with much acclaim. What did he mean to that program and what might that mean as far as his NFL future is concerned? Yeah, I, I think just looking at like, the things I noticed around it, talking to Hugh Freeze for a while, and Hugh's been great. He's been really more candid. You know, most of the time you talk to a coach and he's just like, he's great. He's, he's everything you want. You know, I want him to marry my daughter. He's a leader, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. But he, he'll be honest. Like, and he, it's funny because a lot of the stuff he told me at the senior bowl that we've talked about before, like, talking about like he doesn't know what he doesn't know yet. And it's not his fault. He just hasn't had a lot of game experience and the transfer and all that stuff. He said it again in his press conference. So, it, you know, he just kind of hammered those points home. Uh, but the one one takeaway I got was, and he said, listen, I don't know where he's going. He's like, you know, Detroit's shown interest. Uh, Carolina's here. They've shown interest. He's like, but I'm like Mike Tomlin loves this guy. Yeah. He's like, he's like again, that doesn't – he's like, even Mike said when we talked, you know, that, you know, we'd love to have him. We just don't know if we can get him at 20. Mm, and that like that stands out, you know, when, when a head coach of an NFL team is talking to the, the head coach of the quarterback workout and like kind of, you know, in passing, discussing draft strategy, it's it kind of, you know, to me, like it just makes sense. We've said all along, Pittsburgh's going to need a veteran to come in and bridge the gap and a guy that they can win with because they have a good enough team to be competitive. But at the same time, you want to draft a quarterback and come in and Tomlin has said over and over again, he's looking for, uh, you know, more mobility from that position. And Malik provides the best of that in this class. Really interesting player. We'll see whether he gets there to pick 20 when the Steelers are on the clock. Let's go to the final stop on your tour, which was the days are all relative these days, Todd, but Wednesday, Wednesday. Uh, yep. Ole Miss down in Oxford, Mississippi, 
And Matt Corral, who was on a mystery man because he played a lot of football for Ole Miss, obviously, and played really good football this past year. But as far as the pre-draft process is concerned, we hadn't seen him before this because he suffered that high ankle sprain in the final game of his college career, the bowl game. Uh, he was unable to take part in the physical component of the combine back in February, was not there at the senior bowl. This is your best chance to see him since the bowl game. Uh, one more time, impressions of the pro day and then impressions of the person as well. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I wanted to see was I wanted to see about the ankle. You know, he had the right ankle injury in the in the bowl game, as you alluded to. And that's obviously his drive leg. You know, you're driving off that back leg as a right handed quarterback. Sure. And he what I was told by the SID was that he was going to run his 40. And then he was told that he possibly could run some shuttles. And I was like, really? Why? Lot, yeah. And I was like, I'd love to see it. It would be great. But but I, I just if I was representing him, I, I would I would tell him, you know, my advice, my I would advise him just not to not to do that. There's no right. reason to re-injure or you know cause harm before your throwing session. And it's been so long working up to this day. But anyway, he wound up not running, which was which was completely fine. Fine. He had a lot of mobile things in his, his workout, you know, sprint outs, bootlegs, um, different stuff. And he he looked good. He really did. He said the first thing that jumps out is like energy. He's so twitchy and yep. sudden. And he, you know, you can tell it's like a Lane Kiffin type of quarterback. Everything's tempo from like just even warming up. It's not like, hey, throw the ball, catch it, come back to me. Hey, what's going on, buddy? It's like boom, boom. Like that's and his delivery. I've seen it on tape and I saw him live two years ago. But at that point, it wasn't like a college evaluation thing. And I, I noticed at that point that he has a quick delivery. But just watching him now, after watching Pickett, who's the most mechanically sound of these guys and the most consistent of these guys, and then and when he has a you know a relative good quickness to his delivery. Yeah, Malik has a pretty quick delivery, a little bit in, inconsistent with the arm angle, but he gets it out quickly. And then Matt is like a whole different ballpark. Almost like Drew Brees, you know, like just a snap, just gets it out. It's here and then it's gone. And so that that was interesting to see live as he's as he worked to prepare for his, his workout. The thing that happened in Corrals, though, and it was it was stra a strange day. First of all, the misinformation about the running 40 and then the shuttles. <laughs> then they go through all the workouts and they've got a lot of players. It's not like Liberty. Liberty had players, but they're you know, scouts weren't running around a different drill. Like, you, you had Sam Williams. You had two running backs who could get drafted, two wide receivers who could get, get drafted. There yeah. were a lot of players there. So it was a longer day leading up to the passing session. They were running an hour behind. Then you, on a pro day, you have like a pro day coordinator who kind of coordinates all the drills. Then you have the, the passing coach, you know, the quarterback coach of Matt Corral. And then you have all these GMs and head coaches in the league who are trying to say, like, you know, we're trying to get this in now. So there's always kind of that debate, but I've never seen so many frustrated coaches and, and GMs, you know, like literally yelling across the quarterback coach, the quarterback coach yelling because it just took forever. My point is he warmed up about an hour before he threw. Then he had – they asked him to throw – called the box drill to running backs and receivers where they're running angled box and then – catch the ball. So he had to throw about 50 passes in that before he even got into his workout, which was seven, I think 79 throws somewhere in that range between 70 and 80 throws. And so you could see when he got to that midway through his, his workout, you could see on certain throws, he started to wear down a little bit. It was just a long day of everything. Sure. His, 
his consistency on short and intermediate throws was, I thought, outstanding. He made some beautiful deep throws, but like you see in his accuracy on, on tape, balls beyond 20 yards. He only completed 39.5%, which is fifth out of the top six quarterbacks in this class this past year is on 20 plus yards beyond the line. And so there's a little bit of inconsistency there. And then the one thing I noticed, and I got to go back and study the tape because it didn't jump out. I looked through my notes. Rolling to his left, and it may be because of the ankle, just not trusting it. Because, you know, when you're rolling, you got all your momentum going the left. He wasn't getting his hips around. And when he airmailed a couple of throws, there were two really errant throws that were surprising. They were both on the left side and both started with some movement. The second one was a full-on bootleg, you know, get your hips around as you're throwing the ball. And I noticed his elbow dipped. Like, and you see that a lot of times with quarterbacks. And then the ball has a tendency to, to shoot out and then and nosedive away from the target. I know I'm nitpicking, but I guess my point is Malik wasn't as, like, as consistent with his mechanics, but he was more accurate. Mm. The most consistent with their mechanics and the accuracy was Pickett. And then to me – um, while he was great in so many elements and you love his snap release and you love his suddenness and twitchiness and his throws were on a line and they were coming in fast and the ball explodes off his hands as well. Um, there was, there were just a few more errant throws in his passing session. And I, and I wonder if part of it was the ankle or if it's just part of his inconsistency, because you do see that on tape. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Certainly a lot for him to come back from, right? The the gravity of yesterday was probably larger for him than even Desmond Ritter today or Malik Willis a couple of days ago or Kenny Pickett on Monday because we really haven't seen or heard from Matt Corral since that bowl game injury. But it seems like, Todd, uh, while maybe you might have a lean as to who the top quarterback or quarterbacks are in this year's class. It still feels like one of the themes for the next month and four days is that we're still not certain which quarterback is going to be first off the board and just how high those players will go. Um, How has it felt to sleep in your own bed over the past couple of nights? Just last night. Just last night. I get into like midnight. Let me say this before, before we run though. Just a couple tidbits of, I guess, just my my thoughts. Empty the bucket. Yeah, Matt Matt Rule was there. Mike Tomlin was there for for every all three of them, and they were all heading up to Cincinnati for for the next workout. Yep. So that's something to keep in consideration. We know that the Carolina's picking at six. We know that Pittsburgh's picking at twenty, and maybe in, in Kevin Colbert's last draft 
after winning two Super Bowls, longtime GM, great job there throughout his career. Yep. Wanting to leave, you know, leave a quarterback. Are they going to package picks or mortgage the future to go up and get a guy um, if they fall in love with one of these guys? Sure. Detroit. Detroit had um, Brunel and their who's the their quarterback coach, Mark Brunel. Yep. Um, he was at all of them except Malik Willis's. He had to be somewhere else. They sent their offensive coordinator, I think it was that day. Okay. But but it's important to note, and he noted it to me when I talked to him. We coached Malik. Is what he's like. We coached Malik for the whole week at the senior bowl. Sure. So like, I, I didn't feel like I was missing it. Like I know Malik more intimately than anyone else. Like, we know what what's there. A great kid. We love him. All that. So that was interesting too. So you've got the the number two team was at all of it. The number six team in the draft from Carolina was at, at all of them with a larger presence. The team picking twenty in Pittsburgh, the larger presence than any of them. Basically, Pittsburgh and Carolina were there in full force. Everyone else had kind of, you know, scouts, offensive coordinator, a GM here and there. You know, Terry Fontenot, I told you, was was at, I think, all three of the the pro days, the the GM for the Falcons while executing still a deal on Monday for Matt Ryan and the trade. Crazy. Um, the one thing that's interesting, and I sat with one of Seattle's guys on the plane flying to um, flying, flying to Memphis to then go down to Oxford for Matt Corrales, but I remember back in 2012 when we were on the quarterback circuit that year, they, they wound up in the third round drafting Russell Wilson. And I remember being, I, don't, I forget who the other quarter, I was at a different pro day. I remember talking to John and Pete and they were just raving about, they had just been to Russell Wilson's pro day. I think it was just raving about him. And then they went on to draft him in the third round. They weren't at any of them. Now they, again, they had representatives there, but John Schneider and Pete Carroll, the GM and head coach, were not at any of these pro days. That doesn't mean they're not going to draft them. Maybe they're just, right. you know, again, disguised, but they're picking at nine, and there's a lot of talk about that. And they also have picks 40 and 41. So even if they don't draft a quarterback at nine, they could move back into the first round, package a couple of picks that they just got in the trade, and go in the, late in the first round to get a Matt Corral or to get a Desmond Ritter. So, but they weren't there which I just, I found to be interesting, just kind of file it away for, for whatever purposes. Man, this stuff is so fun. Like I'm sure, I know there is, I believe there's somebody who has made those like a Twitter account who like just sort of tracks pre-draft yes. stuff, like who visits who, which coaches and GMs and scouts were at which pro days, all this stuff that could mean everything or it could mean nothing, right? That's exactly. The NFL draft is that there could be some misdirection, some disguise, uh, but we are glad that you had the opportunity to be there for three really fun and important pro days, Todd, and great to hear all of the thoughts and takeaways from those pro days. Here's a crazy thought. When we talk on Monday, we will be one month away from the 2022 NFL draft beginning. Is that that, that reaction made me, think, made me think that you're thinking to yourself, I got a lot of guys I got to keep on studying right now. I only have nine more guys on my list right now, but then I'm okay. going to go back and look at all the combine numbers, make sure the early report. I mean, there's still some work to do, but I, this book is going to be printed on the 5th of April. If it's okay. the last thing I do. And then from that point on, it's just, you know, talking to teams and getting ready for the draft, buddy. Well, Monday means we're one month away from the start of round one, which means we're one month and call it like four or five days away from you, hopefully on a beach with a Mai Tai in hand. Uh, I'll deserve Mai Tai at that. <laughs> Uh, Todd, you're the man, buddy. I appreciate you as always. We'll do it again on Monday. Thanks, Phil.